Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a US-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey everybody, welcome to the Bowlology Report. The men's ashes is heating up. Davey the Bull Warner throwing verbal bounces. Paddy Cummins threatening to bowl on-field bounces. Can't wait for that to come up. The women's ashes is about to start too. The Aussies without their gun, Meg Lanning, taking on the English girls starting this Sunday. I like the format. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. The poll question, fans of Vinu Mankad, the legendary batting, leg-spinning legend of Indian cricket are going to be very excited because the poll question is about an act he did back in the 1940s, the segment that makes all cricketers and celebrities very nervous, the Bradley Hodge Social Media Self-Promoter Award, our guide to uh, batting routines when you don't start off that well or you're struggling with wickets early in the season, Hodge is going to help you out with that and I'm also going to do the guide to to good parenting or role modelling on a Friday night kids club cricket. But joining me as always, the Bradman of East Sandringham Cricket Club, Bradley, Bradley Bad Boy Hodge, Hodgie, East Sandy, day two, back-to-back premierships. How did it go? No, not great. I'm, look, I'm excited. Well, I end up getting the second ball duck um, and probably preparation. So you've done the Bradman the last... Innings of his test career, yep. Bradman. Yeah, okay. so they're questioning how Bradman-esque I am at actually at East Sandy at the moment. So I need to show him something on return. I'm excited. They wouldn't have won without you. No, no, no. We actually we went down. But there was actually some really good scores from our young cricketers. Cause, no names? Because well, we want them to download. Well, young, young Murph, who's um, going to get drafted for AFL shortly. Oh, okay. Yeah, around probably pick 30-ish, I reckon. Nathan Murphy plays okay. cricket for Melbourne Cricket Club. Well, give us a... Um, uh, Give us a little review there, Murph, yeah, for well, the podcast. Yeah, Murph was um, he's Brighton Grammar boy, and I watched Brighton Grammar play against Halby last year, and he he pumped us for eighty then. Um, but so another one will lose to football. Another yes, cricketer. another yeah. cricketer. Unfortunately, is a good player. So he's he smacked a quick fire eighty four, and uh, young Maddie Blunden, who'd been opening the batting last year, um, thought it was a good idea. See, this is coaching one hundred and one. Thought it was a good idea that to shield him away from the new ball. Yeah. And uh, put him in at number four. He ended up getting 60-odd. Um, he was in at two for seven anyway. So I, I thought I'd shield the new you ball for him. the right thing, yeah. And, uh, well, I took I took two pieces of leather off the ball, one with a good solid defense and one with a leading edge to point. Um, so I reckon I, I gave him a good chance. And uh, we went hey, down. Hodgie, I think we've got our first caller ever. Ma- Matthew from Brighton. Matthew, have you got us? 
Yeah, I have. I have got you. Yeah, I'm just uh, saying. I actually drove down to watch Hodgie play. Actually, being my son's got right into cricket, and uh, we went down last Saturday to watch because uh, Brad was going to be batting at, at uh, Bentley's Oval, and so watched Hodgie's YouTube highlights all week. And yeah, he made a test two hundred. Yeah, he made a test two hundred, and uh, it was a one pm start. And unfortunately, I didn't even have time to unfold the chairs, and uh, a roar goes up. Hodgie spooned a catch, soft dismissal, and unfortunately at 102, I was back in my car driving. Oh home, my god! So, how, and, uh, so what do you do? Yeah. What do you what do you talked about your youngster? You're going to have to have that chat early on in life about things don't always go your way, and you you, you don't want to be talking about that to your youngster. No, I didn't. I didn't want to. When I've spoken to him about how you know, Hodgie always plays through the V, you know, he's playing on a postage stamp of an oval. How he'd probably make 200 himself, and exactly. And he spurned a catch, and the only way I could settle him down, Flem was putting on your hat trick uh, on YouTube. <laughs> on the <laughs> that sort of he was devastated. So, Hodgie, have you got a reply to that? Well, can we? Uh, can yeah. We, so anyway, can we explain so, to our viewers exactly who it is on this call? Well, who is it? I don't know. Well, I've got a feeling it's the great Matthew Lloyd. Matty Lloyd? Yes, the goal sneak from... <laughs> Kicked nearly 1,000 goals for Essendon. What would he be doing there? Well, well, he actually plays for Bentley, Bentley A&A. And is that who you were playing? And like the rest of our good cricketers, doesn't show up till after Spring Carnival. <laughs> so um, Matty, is, Matty, from what I understand, is a pretty good left-arm seamer and can slog a few, like all good footy players. And I did see him there. And I wanted to put on a show for... Do you reckon that you contributed to the wicket? Did Matty Lloyd get you out? Yeah, I was nervous. Lloydy, oh. your response to that? Oh, no, it was uh, good fun. I must admit, uh, the guys were pumped as they have been the last few years to play against uh, Hodgie. And uh, he was the big wicket. And it happened quite early. <laughs> it happened quite early. But, uh, so I must admit, we're all hoping to see the show, but also happy at the same time to uh, get the great man out. And, mate, um, so what about – are you playing any games this year? Uh, I only – I played three games after Christmas uh, last year, Flemp, so uh, I haven't been home for about 27, 28 weekends, so uh, the wife would have liked it if mm. I said I'm going off to play cricket. So I reckon I've got another few weekends off at home with the family. I'll try and get back into it. So two games, qualify for the finals, man of the match, Matthew Lloyd, I'll, Bentley I'll Cricket Club. I'll do my best, but uh, – yeah, I'll do my best. We, but, we uh, could anyway, mention – nice to get uh, – He's the only uh, Hodges mob who will be the red hot favourite to get in round one when they had a few players out. But uh, yeah, it's always good fun. I love cricket as much as footy guys growing up. How good's that to hear? It's good. And look, we could talk about that. The future guide to keeping the wives happy on a Saturday afternoon. We'll save that up. We'll get you into, into the studio, Lordy. Hey, thanks, mate. Good luck with the draft today. No worries. Thanks a lot. See you, mate. Bye. What about that? Matthew Lloyd. <laughs> He was there. He was pumped up. I did see. Did him. you see? Him? Yeah, I did. And um, he was there the week before. Look, he's spot on. It was a postage stamp, and I, I myself was rolling up to the game thinking that I get a, a hundred and sixty odd plus. <laughs> it's a good lesson for our listeners to know that you just have to hone yourself in um, and treat every ball on its merits because anyone can get you out at any time. But I thought I'd put on a show for the big guy and it, it just didn't go to play. Right, well, I like it. He, he, even though he's not on the field, Matty Lloyd, he helped contribute to the big wicket. What about our guide to cricket this week? Hodgie, the Ashes are hiding up. Dave Warner has uh, come out and nailed the English cricket team. He, he reckons when he rocks out in that first, if he's in the field the first session, he's just working out um, who he dislikes most 
and that he wants to nail them. They're going to go to war. For me, the, the one thing I like about that, the bull's back. Finally. The bull is back. He went through that era a uh, couple of years, just recently married, having kids. They called him the Rev. He was just well-behaved. Yep. He was nice. Um, I don't know if he's doing sermons within the dressing room, but you can <laughs> confidently say the bull's back, and I think Australian cricket's better because of it. Well, finally, I'm not. I'm not sure what's <laughs> happened. Uh, whether it was his wife going on the, the cooking TV program, Hell's Kitchen, or oh. not, that's promoted this angst from the bull. How's she gone on that? No, like, she was hopeless. Oh, okay. Uh, got kicked off pretty early, but she look. She was great. She was great for the product. She did a good job. Tried her best. Just a celebrity in herself. Um, but maybe the bull was upset that he had to do the cooking for a month while she was on the show. And I, English I cricketers are going to pay. They're going to pay, but as you said, good to see the bull back. Finally, um, bull's back. He's, he's found his voice again. He's going to he's going to average one hundred and ten. I, I think he will. A man who I think will average over fifty this Ashes series at number three, Usman Kawaja, come out during the week, and I mean the headlines don't always reflect the story, but a swipe at the selectors. But I thought he made some decent points in talking about. And and we don't talk about it a lot. You and me went through it in our career. You know, that, that mental anguish of um, getting dropped, you know, potentially not getting a lot of feedback. Um, because when you're in the team, Hodge, I don't know how you felt. I mean, you, you, you want to make sure that um, your teammates rate you. Yep. You want to make sure you feel like you belong and you can fill the role that is defined for you. Now, that's really hard when the role isn't. But I do feel that Usman hasn't been given a good run in the subcontinent. There was particularly a Sri Lankan series a couple of years ago. We lost the first two tests. He got dropped. Moses Henriquez come into the team. Yes. And I thought, for Usman, they lost two more innings. We weren't going to win the series. He was always going to bat number three in the summer. He lost two innings to actually prove himself against spin. Now, if he just punched out a, a tough 50 there. He could have got going. We saw in India he played one test and got dropped again. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Bangladesh. I sort of feel for him a little bit. Yeah, and so do I. And unfortunately for Usman, that second test wicket in Chittagong was a lot better than one in Dakar. So yeah. he probably could have churned out 80-plus and, and you're back on. One of the things which he'll have to mentally attack in the future is that when he does travel to these subcontinent places, which we know is going to happen more and more because that's that's where we generate most of our income. Yep. He's going to question his ability and so are his teammates and so is the public. Um, look, my opinion on this is that good players are good players and they find a way over yep. a period of time no matter what. If it costs him his average a couple of rounds, doesn't matter. Um, we know that David Warner struggled in a certain series over in – in Asia, you know, or hasn't had the same effect as what he would in Australia. But he, he took probably, what, half a dozen series to have that breakthrough against Bangladesh. Yeah, and look, it's difficult. Um, I, one of my first series was to India in the one-day one day format, and, you know, I struggled. I, I struggled to deal with the pace of the game, facing Do you think spinners. it – also, when you back it down, is it so important to have a game plan you trust and you go with that? But – you do need confidence to get that game plan, though. And yeah. there's nothing like actually performances to build that confidence. Yeah, and he probably doesn't get to face really good spinners that often. You know? Not at Play, the Gabba. Playing at the Gabba, all he's worried about is a fresh new kookaburra or a new duke trying to deal with that. And it's probably only you know, three or four 
five really good spinners that can test you in Australia. And the chances are it's not going to spin anyway because they're all dropping wickets. So for him to be able to learn his craft can only happen yeah, in game time. And yep. that game time is right in the middle. It's not of, practice of matches. Cauldron. No practice match can emulate no. facing Rangana Herath, who's got 500-plus wickets and knows how to get you out. You've got to find a method. Um, he'll work out what his technique is. We talked about Matthew Hayden. Talked about Ponting struggling in Asia. Damien Martin time. in 03. Yep. He went back. Lehman yep. swept. There is different styles, mm. but it's got to fit your batting. And watching Usman and some of those dismissals, you know, he's, he's slog swept a couple of times, you know, before he was set. Yep. Uh, he's been caught on the crease. He's had, it, you know, that run out. Oh, the run out. So everything shocker. just yep. says to me, he doesn't feel comfortable there. But the thing is, he averages 64 in Australia, and I think he is good enough. But um, he'll bat three in this Ashes series, but it's an ongoing issue, our batting in the subcontinent. Another ongoing issue, the number six position. This, for me, when I first started playing shield cricket, I reckon there's about eight blokes that could average about 40 at number six for Australia right now. Not many of them played a lot of for, uh, test cricket. You know, Jamie Siddons, yeah. Stuart Law, yeah. Jimmy Ma, yeah. Bradley Hodge, um, there's, think, a, well, there's a then a Damien Martin didn't play for six years. No, no, that's right. <laughs> but what about the stats here? And thanks to Laurie Colliver, thanks, the stats Laurie. guru. Yep. Make sure you get um, his Australian Digest for all your stats this summer. Since Mr. Cricket retired in 2013, 14 batsmen have batted number six. We got rid of Laurie said, don't worry about the night watchman. I said, well played, Laurie, there. Yeah. 83 innings from our number six in four years. They averaged 23.68. So that that's solid for a number eight, probably. Oh. One times hundred, that was Maxwell in India. Ten times fifty. And and compounding that Hodgie, the number seven wicketkeeper position hasn't been great either. So Peter Neville averaged twenty-two. And Wadey, since he got in, averaged twenty. So that that is one position uh, two positions, six and seven, that England um have over us. Even if Stokes doesn't come, balance and alley. Yeah. will make more runs than, than those those stats there. But the number six position, Hodgie. I think we've just we've been trying to make something out of nothing for a while. Um or too much we, focus on batsman the bowl. Yes, or are we making too many changes? Exactly what Usman's talking about. Give a guy a chance. Give give Glenn Maxwell, who's got that hundred, another five or six tests to nut down the number six. I think uh, you know, back in the heyday, you know, Guys like Ponting and that actually started at six. Greg Blewett started at six. Yep. Uh, Daniel Martin, Martin probably. Yeah, Martin yep. Love got 100, I think, at number six. It's a great place to bat. I don't understand how these figures stack up. Generally, if you're at number six, you go, well, I'll just get, get myself, oh, help myself to an easy Four for 280. Yeah. Four for 320. Help yourself to 65 before the second new ball comes on, slog a few, and you all of a sudden you're 85, not out, staring down a ton for Australia. It's, uh, it's a recipe which... Um, it's interesting, um, one of the few guys that did okay in his couple of tests there was Joe Burns from Queensland, who averaged over 50. Then he went to opening, got a couple of hundreds, yeah. um, but he's a top-order batsman. So th- that can be your in. And and that, with Burns batting at six, that, that's a batsman that doesn't bowl. But, we're, you know, obviously with the Mitchell Marshes and, and Moses Henriquez, um, Hilton Cartwright has only had one test, yeah. to be fair. They're, they're, they're predominantly batsmen, but... 
they get in because of their bowling. Yes. But no. they don't bowl a lot. No, they don't. And and <laughs> I think the stats show that most times they'll only bowl eight to ten overs in a match. At but, best. At best, which is not really affecting anything because uh, we, we bowl sides out within reasonable time as well um, with the skill sets that we've got. I'd like to see those guys get it. I thought Moses Henriques did quite a good job at number six when he came in. He got that chance, as you talked about, in Asia. In India, in yeah. In India, got a 95, got a couple of low scores, which is going to happen coming in. You're better off batting at the top in Asia than number six. I thought he did a great job and would have seen him, would have liked to see him get more of an opportunity at number six throughout Australia. And then you can cement that stop, uh, spot and feel comfortable. So what do you think? Stop. There's two, at least two shield games before they pick the the first test team. So it's, I'd like to think that Glenn Maxwell has his um, hand on that position yes. and, it, and it's for his to lose. If he scores runs in the Shield games, I'll be playing at number six. But there's a host of players, you know, Moses Henriquez, Hilton Cartwright, if we're looking for all-rounder types, that if if Maxi fails and they have strong performances, that yep. they might be batting number six against the Poms. Yeah, and look, if they are looking for people who can turn the arm over, I've just I've just got four names written down here: Travis Head, uh, Glenn Maxwell, Moses Enriquez, and Nick Maddinson. All four of them are in pretty good form. Or you know, uh, Maxi hasn't shone that well in the last month. I don't. To be honest, if I was a selector, I'd erase the tape for the JLT series. Yeah, look, forget don't worry it. about that. Um, but all of those guys have represented Australia. Um, and it wouldn't hurt to bring those guys back in instead of a fresh face. Give him a chance. Give him a chance to cement Often themselves. it takes a couple of chances. Yeah, look look at Maddo. Um, you know, he didn't have a great start to his test career, but that doesn't mean he's a poor player. No. He can come No, back. we know he's got good talent. Exactly. We know he's a good player. So is Moses Enriquez. So is Travis Head. You'd probably say Travis so Head. So Travis Head's very handy. I'd say he's, he's the type of guy that could fit in your... Any place from three, four, five, six for Australia, which means he's got a good technique. Out of those three, oh, sorry, and Maddinson as well. You know, Head's got the to start as a six, yes, and and eventually end up a three or four, mm. definitely. Hey, what about the women's Ashes starts this Sunday? I like the format: three one days, yep, a day night test match in North Sydney, and then three T twenties. You can see it on jam or cricket.com.au, but isn't that a very neat set? I know there must be, there'd be some women that would go, oh, geez, I'd like to play three test matches, but they don't play a lot. But I think that's a good format. No, I love the format, and I'd like to see that in the men's format to say, well, the true Ashes is over three forms and yeah. see who actually wins the most games out of that three. Maybe have three test matches, three one days, and three 2020. So you've got nine, nine games. Actually, and I'd love to see a battle of. It's basically just a battle of who's better in all forms of the game, which is what what's happening here in the in the ladies. Which so is great. could you see? You know, um, I still like the Ashes five tests for the men, but you know, if the Big Bash does expand, and say we have South Africa coming out, yeah. how big a summer would it be around the Bash to have three one days, three test matches, and three T twenties? That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be good. And obviously, more points are weighted towards test wins. Yes. Well, normally they. But it just means you get to the T twenties and go. Well, we're ahead on points, but if we lose lose these three T twenties, we lose the um, what become is it the Kepler Vessels Trophy played for both nations? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think it is, but I'm calling it the Kepler Vessels Trophy. <laughs> I like it anyway. Meg Lanning's not playing. No, the skipper's hurts. shoulder out for the summer, but no. uh, Rachel Haynes taken over the captaincy. And uh, the batting's obviously pretty deep. Alex Blackwell, Elise Villani gets him off to a, a flyer. But what about this lady might be the best cricketer in the world. Why Elise is that? Perry. Yep. Her batting has gone off the rails in the last couple of years. What about the last 32 innings in one day cricket? 2250s. It's off the chart. 2250s. Um, yeah. And she's the, the dominant fast bowler. That's up with that, Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's, uh, that's off the charts good. Um, any Anyone that can get 2250s in 32 innings in any form of cricket's a gun. Um, Only one request for a lease. Get 100. Yeah. Raise your bat. Cash it in. That's that's Michael Divinito statistics there. He he was the best person I've ever seen to get the best seventies yeah. and eighties in used to pull half volleys, Diva. Unbelievable. But I think his record, I think from memory, this is just the up, conversion, right? Off, off just have top. a guess. I think it was like fifty two fifties and seven hundreds. No. Um anyway. I loved watching Diva. Those quick fire nineties, eighties uh, and seventies were great. I saw Very good coach, running. they believe. Yes. Very good batting coach. Yeah, well, they're getting exactly what they want overseas from him because he's not here anymore, but that's a different story. I saw Meg Lanning in the uh, gym yesterday working hard. Rotator cuff work? Unf- yeah. It was sad to see because she's a gun and we probably need her in this side. Um, there was an article in Crick Info um, or cricket.com.au, sorry, Matthew Mott saying that they're looking for a sixth bowler. That that's They need that as their balance and that was their downfall. Well, Matthew Mott reckons final. Meg is the one that can bowl close to 130 kilometres, but she has no faith in her bowling, where they're going. <laughs> so imagine it, if she'd come back and started bowling too. I'll tell you someone who is bowling, our Aussie spearhead, Megan Shute, has gone all Glenn McGrath. She's targeting English batsmen, in particular the, the skipper, the English skipper, Heather Knight, we love the this. gun batsman. We love this. Love the targeting. This is Glenn. I think Glenn McGrath just picked... Any person in any, I remember he used to say, BC Lara. Um, Isn't that brave? I'd be too scared if I go, oh, I'm going to nail Lara this series. And he just hits me for 200, 100, and all that sort of stuff. The humiliation. But just for, for McGrath to do that, yeah. um, Warney used to target, you know, obviously Daryl Cullinan, but I yeah. remember he targeted um, Graham Thorpe one series. I used to target. Batsman as well, but a little known More fact. More number 11. But I, yeah, guys sort of like Devin Malcolm. Yes. <laughs> a short Phil bit. Tufnell. Yeah. Knocked over Peter Such in Adelaide with the second Peter new ball. Such. Tubby, thanks for giving me the ball. So, yeah, I reckon that just equaled my my belief in my ability mm. versus their belief. But for Megan, go for it. I like this, Megan. Just cut the head off the snake. Go straight to the top. And the rest will cave in. So good on her. Talking about um, sledging or mental disintegration, as we used to call it in the Aussie team in my era, Peter Hanscom, article on him, big summer, hopefully nailing that number five spot. His first Ashes series, how exciting. But he's talking about the time he got sledged by his idol, Ricky Ponting. Quote, I was sledging Jordan Silk at the time and Punter was at the other end. He stopped the game and he just nailed me for about five minutes. I didn't say a word after that. I was so scared. So it's interesting. He's, he, he was nibbling a bit himself, but yep. did you ever um, put yourself in that sort of scenario, Bradley? Oh, that just brings back horrible memories for me, actually, because I can actually relate to Peter Hanscom right there because the same thing happened to me. Same person, Ricky Ponting, the Australian captain at the time. 
I was sledging Tim Payne, a young Tim Payne. Um, you know, I was doing the normal thing, getting into him about how pretty he is and the way he looks at the crease. Yeah. And, uh, and that was standard behavior back then. And, um, I actually got nailed by Ponting yes. as well. And consequence to that, he just told, um, oh, who was the, wasn't Griffith? Who was the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Hilfenhaus. Hilfie. Just gave the ball to Hilf, said, yeah. come around with it and try and kill this guy. Okay. Hour and a half, I had to endure this punishment. So I learned pretty quickly that don't sledge the Australian captain or anyone that he's related to anytime soon. Or don't sledge someone down the other end while he's batting. Yep, yep. Yeah. Exactly. Well, what about I had one. I mean, I wasn't even sledging. The great Alan Border. You know, Dennis Ali was my idol by a mile. Second, AB. You know, he was our world-class player yep. for so long when we lost Chapel Little Marsh with the Rebels and all that sort of stuff. Just loved him. Playing a one-day against him. I might have been 19 or 20, bowling at death, bowled a nice little Yorker. He nearly got him, jogged it, and he just jammed it down to third man. Yep. He's running hard for two. And there was just a little bit of a, you know, brush past me. Yep. And then he didn't get there and he stopped for one. And he just looked at me and goes, mate, you stand in my way again. I'm going to wrap this bat around your head, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was walking back to my mark, almost shaking, going, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to get in his way, and no, no. AB just sledged me. Was he still a selector back then as well? No, no, he was still playing for Australia, because oh. you remember, you know, this is about yeah. the late 80s, so I just, Captain oh my Rocky. God, I went, oh my God, I, you know, I was, I was scared of him, I, I, there's no way I'd do anything to AB. I was scared It's interesting AB. what it means, isn't it? Like, yeah. you would have, yeah, you played against AB. Yeah, I sledged him, um... It, it was it was a bad day actually. I can't go into the story too much. It was one of those days where I'd question um, why I was actually playing the game, uh, but I'd managed to open the batting and and the great AB was at first slip for the Bulls, and managed to sledge me for the best part. I opened the batting because um, Les Stillman didn't think that I could bat anywhere else. But yep, that's just part, open. Of, part of the story. He goes, if you can get us twenty or thirty, that's better than you probably will get Big expectations. Else. So anyway, I opened the batting, didn't really want to, didn't actually really want to show up to the game. AB sledged me for the best part of the 15 overs, and it wasn't like it was Oh, I didn't think he was a constant sledger. It, it happened wow. at the change of ends. So okay. every time he walked from first slip to first slip, he'd sledge me, nail me properly. Yeah. And after a period of time, I, I hit a boundary off, uh, I think it was Michael Casper, Casper. about the 15th over. That was after facing Billy McDermott oh. and Rackerman for a oh. while. So it wasn't pretty. Not too many half follies there. No, and then um, to AB, didn't say anything on this this 15th over, just walked past. And I said, hang on, son. And, uh, <laughs> Did you say son? I said something like <laughs> I actually said grandpa. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> I said, where are you going, grandpa? And he said, what did you say? I said, you heard me. He goes, no. I said, mate, don't stop now. I said, I've, I've heard it for an hour and a half, 15 overs. Come back and keep sledging me. I'm going to stay for the rest of the day and I want you to keep going. Anyway, I said a few other things which yeah. can't be mentioned on him. And, and Rowan Larkin, my opening batter, said, Hodgie, do you know what you've just done? Do you really know what you've just done? He goes, do you know this is the Australian captain and now selector? He says, you're never going to play up to what you've just said. Um, I bogged myself for the next uh, you know, period of time, ended up getting myself 80. And what it did do, uh, the great Alan Border was then a year later, coach of the Australian oh, he'd love you. He would love he you. He loved me that yes. much for sledging him and hopping into him. And I really reckon he was testing me whether I was yeah. a tough cricketer or a soft individual under pressure. He just got me on a bad day. Um, otherwise, I probably... No, would. I think he wanted you to come. Well, at least you're out there long enough and you backed it up. But 
Um, well, that's a couple of stories from AB, Captain who, Grumpy, well, yeah, we love I think he's underrated as one of our greatest players of all time and one of the nicest gentlemen to work with in the media. Uncle L, call him. Love Uncle, Uncle L. L. Saw him on Monday yes. at the golf. Well, one of the great things, man. One of the things he did teach me, which was great, which probably I pushed it a little bit too far, is he said, you've always got to enjoy the fruits of your labour. Yes. Um, I probably went and extended it from four cans to Yeah, eight ten, or nine. Yeah, but I'll, I'll put my hand up there. He only drank uh, the Forex Gold. So yes. Anyway, he's experienced. He could have more. Yep. He's a leader. He's a, what about um, talking about leadership? This young gentleman uh, has been out of international cricket for a long time. Comes back in, OB De Villiers, playing against Bangladesh. Uh, one day out, plenty of pressure. He just punches out 160 of about 120. What a I only caught the last eight overs, and I did tweet excited, flicked on, is 111 with eight overs to go. Um, time to cash in. Four overs later, he's 150. But it's also, it's extraordinary, the areas he hits, and and he, and he it must be a bit like Sir Vivian Richards, he he just intimidated the bowlers. I, I'm sure they had different plans, but their execution of the length, you know bowling a lot of length balls was purely that they were they were that scared about where he's going to hit because he's almost 360, isn't he? Oh, it's so he, he played some slog sweeps. Most batsmen do that. Yeah. So then they adjusted their line outside off stump. Not bad, but they didn't get the Yorker length right. So that's the only thing I'll get. But to be fair, they got the line right. He backs away, hits it over cover for six. Yeah. Okay, so then they go full Yorkers, if not full tosses. Then he laps it for four. So it was almost like I'm watching this, and it was incredible to watch. But I did have empathy for the bowlers, as in when he's going like that, Hodgie. Where do you bowl to him? And he's surely one one of the greats because of his adjustment. He's been a fine Test player, but white ball cricket, you know, he's he's right up in that. Ponting, Tendulkar, Lara, Richards. Yep, I'm just I'm just staggered how good he is. There's there's actually just not much he can do. We talked, we planned many times in IPL for AB De Villiers, and planning just seems to go out the window. It's almost like he's one step ahead of of what you can do. So we we've talked about even as a bowling unit being completely random. So trying yeah. to actually randomise his randomness. Yes, that sounds completely silly. But if he's predicting what you're doing, then you have to then be unpredictable. Yeah. And the one thing that she doesn't do is he doesn't he doesn't shank them. They actually well they actually we've just had a mishap in the studio here. What he does do is they they just disappear. He actually you know he doesn't get dropped too often. They actually just go over the over the fence. And um, just an unbelievably good individual. Good to see him back playing in South Africa and actually making a contribution or a serious contribution. So that's pretty cool. He's um, that's why he gets paid a fortune in uh, in IPL. That's oh, you'd, you'd have him in the IPL every time of the week when he hit them like that. Um, so that was great. Hey, that, that, and, but he's getting near the, the the end of his career. He doesn't seem to be playing a lot of Test cricket at the moment. Uh, ABTV is what about uh, a, a nephew of a legend, Inzaman Al Haq, his nephew Imam Al Haq, become the third Pakistan batsman to score a ton in his debut one day innings. Salam Alahi and Shahid Afridi, um, many years ago. But um, good to see the next generation. I didn't see his running between the wickets, and I'd imagine he, if he's like his great uncle, predominantly a boundary hitter. He would have been sluggish between the wickets, we would have thought. <laughs> Hopefully he's a bit quicker than his uncle. 
Um, good for Pakistan cricket, though, isn't it? Very they're, good. They're, their white ball cricket's going quite well. Yep, another good win against uh, Sri Lanka. They, they, they're playing pretty well, and um, they've got some talent. They're serious, you know, if they can just get all three forms of the games going. Now that I think now that Pakistan Super League's come in and these guys are getting exposure as well yes. in the white ball cricket, they're actually extending their skills. I think, um, was it, uh, no, it wasn't Hassan Ali, is it? The, the opening fast yes. bowler, he's leading the wickets as well. In, um, good pace. In one day. Two Very good in the Champions Trophy. Unbelievably good. So these skill sets they've got uh, now sort of coming out, and it's it's great. They're going to be I just think that – I reckon they're, they're generally going to be able to, in test cricket, get the 20 wickets. They're going to be a bowling threat in white ball cricket as well because yeah. I think they're just going to be able to produce genuinely fast bowlers, left and right-handers, they're always going to have enough spinners. It's just their quality of top-order batsmen. Yeah. If they can have one or two of the better batsmen in world cricket... They'd be on fire. They're going to be on they've fire. Got, they've got gun spinners. They've always had good quicks as well. Some Somehow they just managed to find quicks. What they have got, they've got lovely wrists. Somehow they they managed to get the ball, the, the wrist behind the I believe ball. they've got a wrist factory over there. They must have. Yes. Must have. Because it's, it's, I, I was at Pakistan Super League and just watching these guys warm up and swing the ball both ways was ridiculous. Also think there is a culture of passing down the knowledge. You know, it's probably something we don't do enough yep. here in Australia is, you know, you talk to Waka Yunus was a Akram, Imran Khan was into them. As soon as they're in the squad, he's picking them out of the under-19s, but he is into them about um, traditional swing and yeah. more in particular reverse swing. Yeah. He sat at mid-on, you know, tactically, you know, full, 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 this short. And I believe that Wakar and, and Akram have equally done it all the way through. So they, they, they do have a culture of, um, you know, passing down those skills because just about all of them reverse swing the ball. Yeah. And, and they all change their pace quite well. So I think the battery will just continue. It'll continue. I mean, that's the thing. Was he Macram in 92 World Cup when he came on and got three for nothing against England and, and won the game in a matter of five minutes? Those sort of skills these guys uh, possess. And, uh, you know, we talked to um, Virat Kohli. Yes. Actually naming Mohamed Amir as the best yeah. fast bowler that he's faced. Um you know, you wouldn't think that. Yeah, I think like James Anderson's got him out a lot and um, Mitchell Johnson, those sort of ones. But it's a Pakistan quick that's at the top and he's going to have to face him a bit in the future. He is, and that's good good for everyone. And it probably just goes to show that most right-arm batters don't like left-arm quicks that swing the ball into him. It's probably the one area where... Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark. He's gun ball. Um, Jason Berendorf just recently showed the skills to Rohit Sharma. Left-arm swingers that move the ball... Um, Brett Swain was a good one back in the heyday. Yes. To swing the ball. Yep. Um, and if you move it, you're dangerous. You know that. You swing yep. bowl yourself and you're going to create... And swing chances. it late, Brad. Don't yep. swing it from the arm. Um, there's a couple of other things in the, our guide to the cricket this week. Um, in Ranji Trophy, uh, over there in India, they're doing their first-class seasons, got underway. Ravinder Jadeja, who sat out the one days, came in for his first game for Sarastra. Scored a double ton, Jaru, and I love Jaru. He's got a history of this too, hasn't he? So Jaru, in his last centuries that he's scored, his last five tons for Sarastra, he's gone on to double them up, including a triple. Last what? Seven? Last five. Five. So Oof. so we talk about conversion rates for Elise Perry. Have a look at Jaru, this legend of a guy who I love as a cricketer, love as a guy, 
Does he um, score enough runs in Test cricket? Probably doesn't need to. Do you, do you think? Um, because Ashwin probably bats ahead of him here. I know myself, you know, batting higher up in club cricket, lower in state cricket, lower for Australia. Yeah. Um, you start, you do think differently. You know, when you walk out to number four in a club game, you, you think like a number four. You do. I'm going to bat through the innings here, blah, blah, blah. You end up batting 11 and you're just going, I've got to make runs while I can here. I, and you bowl differently. I know when I'm bowling to a number 11 going, happy days, here yeah. we go. Well, look, I, I promoted him. He played for Gujarat Lions last year. I promoted him to three a couple of times and, and, and did a job. Yeah, did a job. And just He's a looked, very good cricketer. Looked comfortable, but those numbers are phenomenal. And talk about our number sixes. That guy could easily slot into our number six any day of the week. Well, we're going to talk about Vinu Manka, the Indian legend. He oh. was born in Gujarat. Was he? Yeah. He'd be okay. a handy number six by on his leg spin as well. But for Jadasia, um Yeah. What and Ashwin, you're getting, and they both feel well. Yeah. You're getting six players in two. Yeah, you are. They're, Virtually. They're guns. Uh, and another couple of honourable mentions around the globe over, over like New this. Zealand is um, Michael Paps and Jeetan Patel this week entering into their 20th season oh. in first-class cricket. Um, how do you do it, my God? Uh, well done to these two because they're actually. What do you get for that? Like, what's the twentieth anniversary present? What do, don't you, know. what do we get our what? Because I'll, I'll be coming up to that soon. Yeah, um, it's good. I, I don't know. You but might, should we introduce that a, to cricket? Like, yes. um, you know, here's your ten. If this is your tenth year, you, well, you get a um, silver well, cricket ball, maybe yeah. a golden cricket ball. Or what, for your twentieth. What did Ricky get for his centuries? He got uh, the Penfolds, Penfolds Grange. Maybe good Marble region over there. Maybe you can get. Some nice bottles of Pinot. Just twenty? Would twenty bottles be enough? Yep. Well, do I do that retrospectively? Because I wouldn't mind. I know Papsy likes a a glass of red wine. He's good. He's good friends with. But well done, gentlemen. Well done. That's twenty pre-seasons. That's commitment. Twenty pre-seasons. Good luck, lads. Oh, quickly on the Ashes as well. Um, You know, good to see Mitchell Stark playing JLT series. You think you'd be able to build there? Hazelwood not playing the first Shield game. No, it's a concern. So I'm worried. Will he only have time to play one because the third one's quite close there or would you, you're playing in the, the second and the third one to make sure he's definitely fit? Well, look, I think he's skillful enough just to come in, probably even underdone to be able to mix it in the ashes. Very repeatable action. If he's not there, we are in no. serious trouble. Um, and maybe it's a precaution thing after what's happened to James Pattinson recently. I think, you know, they, they, they've rested... Um, Patrick Cummings from those couple yes. one-day games. So they're probably just trying to line their ducks all in a row, just get all our fast bowlers primed for that time. So I wouldn't see it as a major concern. I'd see it a concern if he missed the next one. Um, but uh, we need Josh Hazelwood firing. Oh, I think he's a – I'd hate to face him as an opening batter in Australia, no doubt. No, just ugly bounce. What about uh, the JLT series? We, we're getting up to the final. The Stars are back. West End Redbacks, they get back Head, Richardson, Zampa, the Bush Rangers, Finchy, Maxwell, Dan Christian, WA, Nathan Coulter Nile, the Dorf, Stoinis. So the finals are very, very, very star leaded, mm. which is good to see. Yeah. I'd like to see this happen in Big Bash as well. It's great to see these guys come back in. Um makes for it gives a ramp to this series, I think, which is Probably been a little bit flat, and um, but that's okay. Finchie, Maxwell, and Dan Christian, pretty big ins for the Bush Rangers, who have probably been 
undermanned, played a lot of youngsters, which is a positive But they've got thing. through. That's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I don't like those names coming back in the way. <laughs> so Nathan Coulton-Noll, Jason Berendorf, no chance. I'd, Andrew I'd, Ty as yeah, well, sorry. Yeah, so they're, they're making me nervous. They're defensive. They've been the best defensive bowling unit in the Big Bash for what, probably five years. Yeah. They're bringing that to the JRT series. Yeah, they're going to be tough. Uh, and, and Down at Blunston. Down at Blunston, yeah. That's good. It is good. Better venue. Yes. Worried about the, the weather conditions. But if they're okay, at least um, we know the pitch will be good. The outfield will be superb. Well, the pitch is good because um, Queensland scored 330-odd against Tasmania. Did you see day. Ben cutting six? What was it? Four? It went 3,412 metres, the it commentator did. suggested. It did. Um, That's one of the biggest sixes. <laughs> he has one of the biggest swinging arcs I've ever seen. I'd love him to... Get the odd game for Australia Can in he, white ball cricket. I mean, that's the thing. He's always just been there or thereabouts, but never given a real red hot crack at it. It's almost like bat him at six and yeah, let him go. Well, that's the thing. I'm not only getting our... phone calls. We're getting text messages here. The oh, biology report. Right, I'll okay. read them out in a sec. We'll keep going. Uh, what about you see? Talking about the highlight, Ben cutting six. You see, Matty Wade's dismissal. He played the a sweep shot. Missed the ball and in yep. finishing his swing, it hit the back of the bat and got caught a point. No way. Um, <laughs> things just when things are going bad, things just aren't happening for Matty at the moment, are they? It's uh, unfortunately dropped a, an important catch too. Yeah, I'd love to see him get some runs. You know, it's an awful thing when things like this happen to you. I've been in this situation. We've before. all been in that. Yep. Unfortunately, no, you got to do, which is hard to do. You just got to back yourself to the hilt. Yeah. Back yourself to the This is my game plan. I'm going for it and I'm going hard. Yeah. Have you ever had any weird dismissals in your time? Probably my weirdest dismissal, Shield game at Optus Oval, yep. where the Carlton Football Club trained. Shane George. Did you face Georgie much? I did. Yeah, I yeah. Did. Fast. It was flat, so he had to really dig in his bounces. And at this stage of my career, I, I would say I was a compulsive hooker. Yeah. He was uh, actually I, better when it was flat, Georgie, flat. than when it seemed. So flat. So he didn't like. He got worried when the ball swung. Right. That. But if you gave him an old ball and just hit the deck hard, that's what he did. He's only about five foot nine, yeah, but he would have been in the one forties. He bounced me that high. He knew he had to dig in that deep. I've jumped and I've hit it like like a tennis shot <laughs> over square leg, and in completing my swing, I knocked out all my stumps. No, not a little bale, not a little stump. Knocked them all out, and I'm I'm starting to walk, but the ball is still flying. One bounce no over way. the fence. I'm going, at least give me the four. So you're out? Out. And it was your best shot you've ever played? And it's the best life. shot I've ever played off the quick. But, Wadey, what about going places in the JLT series? These are uh, individuals that probably haven't played for Australia, but on the rise. I'm going to say Michael Neeser from Queensland. I think for years you've played with him. Yeah. Um, his best ball is international standard. You know, I'd say it'd be close to 140 yep. outswinger. His batting is orthodox but with power. His arm would be baseball-like. Rocket. It's an absolute rocket. But what we haven't had is is consistency. He scored his first 50 over 100. I watched the highlights of that. It was powerful. It was, it was orthodox. They were in trouble. He gave him a sniff. And then his bowling just looks like he's got a little bit more consistency there. So he's one to watch, particularly in white ball cricket for Australia this summer. Yeah, I, I, I spoke to uh, Aaron Finch just two days ago about Michael Nisa because their first game's up in, in Brisbane against the Bulls. And he was quite nervous, actually, thinking that you know, Michael has certainly improved in the last sort of 12 to 18 months. 
especially in red ball, and now delivering with a white ball. I can't wait to see him in big bash for the strikers. I think that'll be a telling sort of story to say how far he's taken his game. He's got the recipe to be an outstanding superstar for for anyone. Um, In all three forms, he bowls quick. He's got a good bouncer, uh, gun athlete, as you said, in the field, anywhere, and he can bat. And there's one other aspect of Michael Nisha that we love. He's a gun bloke. He's a great fella. Good package. Likeable guy. Um, Just I enjoy spending time with him and... uh, I think he can have a super summer. I'll tell you what, if he's going for a job, I'll be putting B. Hodge as a referee. Absolutely. You're backed in that. Have you got a uh, player on the rise? Um, I have. I've got two, actually. One was um, a guy I worked with prior to the GLT, which was Matthew Short. Um, come in, got his first real opportunity for the Bush Rangers, and I think he's done an outstanding job. Has um, batted in a few different positions, which I like, so he's flexible. Batted at six and seven. Then come and open the batting um, when Cameron White got injured and, and has managed 189 runs at 47. He's been emerging. He's been around the scene. He's only young, but it's good to see some performances are getting put together and probably helped by knowing that he was going to play every game. Yeah, well, he'd been in the uh, in the cricket Australia eleven. Yeah, and yeah, that, it's it can be tough there. I think one of the things which has happened here is he's got himself around, you know, some senior players. Cameron White's there. You know, there's some good management who can help you out. Um, and I think that's been important when you're with the uh, the CA11. You, you're pretty A little much bit just, more individual Yeah, based. you're fighting for yourself. Um, so that's really good. What else What else I like about his game is he's, he's bowled a number of overs for the Bush Rangers as well, filling a void um, with an economy of five, often open to bowling. Um, so I like that. He's making a niche for himself. Isn't he? He is. And uh, what I do like, though, as well, from New South Wales, who haven't qualified, which, my God, with that side they've got is a travesty itself. But Daniel Hughes, I like this guy. I like his batting. And he's come out of the JLT with 200s. Um, very likable individual to watch. Very easy on the eye. Uh, no, he is player. going places, he D. Is. Hughes. And he is... Uh, you know, he's someone who can certainly open the batting for Australia. Um, in, in all three forms, all three I reckon. Forms. Yep, yep, definitely. So um, keep your eye out for Daniel Hughes, uh, future superstar on the rise. Now, New South Wales didn't qualify. They lost a game to Victoria, a game called off dangerous conditions. Andrew Jones, the New South Wales CEO, got a little bit of a slap for, for a tweet that he yep. put out there. Um, there's a couple of things here. The umpires called it off, calling it unsafe. You could see the Victorian batsmen were disappointed with that. I think uh, Seb Gotch was out there, wanted to keep playing. Yep, a couple Thompson. of balls from Sean Abbott might have went through the top a little bit. Yeah. Um, so the, the couple of things, obviously, with Philip Hughes' passing a few years ago, you know, umpires might be um, more proactive with pitches they deem unsafe. The second question is, well... This could, it's more potential to happen on non uh, first class. Well, uh, North Sydney does have first class games, um, but non, you know, not the big cricket grounds, the ones that play a lot of shield cricket, have yeah. test match cricket. You'd imagine that the chances of them having unsafe pitches are minimal. 
Well, you'd probably think that North Sydney only has probably one drop-in wicket in the square, which has got to be used for this series. So, And it's had a bit of traffic on it. Well, they might have a couple because the Women's Day Night Ashes test is coming up. Yep. So I think we'd want a new pitch for that one, yep. I'm assuming. Yes. So I'm, I'm not sure on this, but maybe they've dro- just tried to rehash this same wicket and she's just got a little bit dry and dusty and gone through the top. Look, it's an interesting finish to a game. I'm not sure it was the correct finish to the game. Um, I can, I can Once ask. it was abandoned, though, do you think there was enough overs that the team ahead gets the points? So I, I was comfortable with the Vicks getting the points. Yeah, but I think it still had the makings of a really good finish. Yeah. I think Victoria was still under the, under the pump with if they'd you know, lost Stark, the wicket. Bollinger, Abbott. Yeah. I mean, New South Wales only had 140 on the board. Dougie top scored, Dougie yeah. Bollinger. And they were still... First number 11 ever. They're still best number eleven ever to top score oh, wow. uh, in Australian domestic cricket. It might be everywhere in the world. Didn't uh, didn't Holdsworth get fifty off nineteen balls in domestic one day? I reckon he might have been 11? pushed up a little bit, ah. which surprises me right. if you'd seen Wayne Holdsworth. Yes, back. but but look, a tricky situation for all. Um, obviously, the New South Wales boys had had, had been affected by the Hughes situation before, and from what I'm told, they were reluctant. To keep bowling. With the couple that went through the top. Yeah, of okay. the fear of something might happen. Um, from my understanding as well, the Vic boys were pretty keen to keep playing. Um, so it was probably a more of a leniency from the from the umpires to you know, grant the New South Welshman some yeah. leniency in that aspect. Pretty, it's well, a- if it gets down to it, um, I don't think it's going to happen a lot. And if the umpires feel strongly that way, then that's just the way it is. There's not much you can do that's about it. That's just the way it is. Um, if they deem it to be unfit, um, then it's unfit. And there's been enough overs bowled. Mate, what about the next segment? Everyone is a little bit nervous. They're worried about sending out a tweet or something on Instagram, a Facebook video. If there's slight self-promotion, there's only one man in the world who who knows it. I, I believe that you've already d- discovered an app that actually bings <laughs> at your own social media self-promoter app so you know what's going around the world. Okay, hit us. I'm Who are the nominees so. this week? We've got a few again, which is great. Um, and we've got a couple of second appearances. So the first second appearance is for Michael Clark, actually. Um, so Puff's In becoming, the boats? Yeah, he's starting to become a regular here. So Michael Clark has... Um, he sort of retweeted something which is what Sachin is saying about what's himself. Sachin so Sachin has said that... I feel Clark was a... This is a quote from Sachin, which is bizarre in its own sense, actually. But anyway, Sachin is saying that I feel Clark was better than Ponting and, and War as captain. Those two benefit from having some of the greatest players of our generation. Now, that's nice of Sachin. Yeah. But for Michael to go out there and promote himself saying... What do you mean? Well, he's saying Sachin's way Did he just like, like it? If yeah, he liked, he liked it, it, that's okay. Well, it's more he retweeted and... He didn't add a quote. No, he didn't add a quote. He said, he's saying Sachin is very kind. Mm. Um, I, I'd say that's a little bit of that's a self-promotion. Promotion. That's self-promotion. Yep, there's no doubt about that. Um, Not a strong one, but a, definitely. Our next one is through is for Matthew Hayden. Who, oh, so Matty Hayden. One of our favourites here. One of our favourites, the big fella. is up on a, a fishing trip and he's calling it Barra Monday. So... <laughs> The big fella's got a, uh, he's got a, he's caught a nice bear Monday, and he's he's thrown out a special thanks to Century Yuana and at 
Oz Outback NT. We know that Burn. any form of thanks or recognition or mention. I'd just like to thank. Is thank Check you. out. I at. have got a free fishing trip and I've just cashed in. So maybe It's the Hayden, Hayden way. It's the yeah, Hayden way. That is the Hayden way. Um, in similar fashion, the great Murph Hughes. The great Murph Hughes gets in in similar fashion to Matthew Hayden thanking himself with a photo of the boat. Ballistic fishing charters. So he's two guys just bumming off other people. They both have plenty of He's had a self-promotion frenzy this week, Murph. Yep, he's been on fire. There's been multiples. You've looked after him there. Yeah, there has been multiples. (laughs) I didn't want to burn him... Uh, I didn't want to burn him too bad. Because he might be a guest very soon. Yeah, he, we've got to get the big fella on. There's no doubt about that. But one of the best um, that has come across the desk, I think, this year is from uh, Darren Sammy. Now, the big West Indian, he's he's pretty active on Twitter, Darren. Yes, and, I follow him. Uh, look, in this, in this tweet, he just said that he was unpacking some stuff in my new house when I saw some smoke coming out of a box. I quickly discovered it was my wife at Kathy Nicole Picks, that is. And anyway, he's got four pics of his wife oh. dressed sort of semi-naked. Oh, um, scantily dressed. I yes. actually described that as. Um, anyway, Darren, no need to self-promote your wife. I wouldn't have thought in, in some skimpy sort of lingerie uh, of dressing. Um, but nomination for Darren, well done. Um, the other one... And this is what I'm trying to get uh, into our self-promotion award is is to find a random other sport as well. So we've got some cricketers in there. Um, But this one is for Marin Cilic. So Marin is a pretty big uh, sort of Eastern Bloc player, I think, from memory. Um, And he's self-promoted himself. Did you see today's ATP rankings? (laughs) And he's got a picture of himself... And flashing up on the picture himself is uh, hashtag number four. Yeah. And then a couple of fireworks go off in the background. That is self-promotion at its best, Marin Cilic. So well done on, on getting into our And once again, once award. again, another example of what we're looking for. Yes, we are it's looking a blueprint. It is a blueprint. So um, we want more of this and we'll keep scouring the earth for... Very good ones, but there we have we have four five okay. nominations. I, I, well, for me, straight away, the, the, the last dude who was the last dude, Marin Chilich. Marich- you're getting five votes, yeah, absolutely. You're getting five. Well done, son. Um, big fan of Darren Sammy, one of the, the nicest men I've met in international cricket. But, um, you know, including your wife into the, the social media, mm. um, that's four, yep. Um, Mervyn Hughes, it's not the worst one, but there, you've looked at that. There was a there was a volume of that. There was, there was a volume. So three votes for Mervyn, um, Clarky, sneaky, just a little sneaky, sneaky because one. you know you've you've involved Sachin in there. Yep. It, it's sort of a, it's a sneaky self promotion, but we know what you're doing. Well, you, you, you tell so Pup, well done for your second group of votes. Only two though. I think he was only low last time, yep. and just the one. My, uh, votes. Oh, I think the Hayden Way. I think the Hayden Way will feature. Yeah. Can you just more keep more. keep your eye on Matty Hayden? Yes. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm more or less waiting for uh, when he ventures over to India. Then we'll see some serious yep. stuff. He was one of the ones actually, the Matthew Hayden of leading the rest of the cricket fraternity in welcoming Diwali 
and, yeah. and thanking the Indian population to Diwali. So we'll, we'll do it ourselves. So best of luck to all That's those celebrating Diwali. Um, we'll just follow every other cricketer. Do we mention good luck celebrating Diwali? Have we mentioned that? No, yet? we'll do no, that. No, but personally, ourselves. from the Bowlology report, yes. good luck. Good celebrations. Have us good celebrations, and hopefully, our, our little might. acknowledgement uh, gives us a good eye. We might go on tour there. Thank you. We might do one out of Bombay or. Mumbai, as it's called now. Um, what about our guide to? I believe you had one for, well, for cricket players, male and female, around mm. the world because it's it, we talk about the techniques with cricket, um, side-on bowlers, you know, elbow up when you're batting, the skills, outswingers, cover drives, but we know it's such a mental, tactical game. Yep. And um, I think you want to pose on for, for cricketers that don't start the season in the best manner. Yes, I was thinking about this the other day about how difficult it can be if uh, you start the season off poorly, as I did on the weekend with a second ball duck. Um, and it's more for those when you start the season early, you get a, a good ball, or you get a dodgy LBW decision, or you get a run out, and all of a sudden you've gone four or five bats and you've only got twenty five. Where's runs my next run coming from? Yeah, it's very difficult. So my guide to those ladies and men out there is to broaden broaden your results so broaden uh what you want to achieve or your goals so to speak so what i'm thinking there is when you start the season instead of looking and going i want to make 800 runs or i want to make 500 runs when you become when it's a, a, a clear number you start to get impatient. You start yep. to get nervous about how how can I get to five hundred if I. You're focusing on the result, not yes. living in the moment, Brad. Yes. So what what I want you to do is, if you've had a couple of poor, you know, uh, efforts at the start of the season, broaden it. Make it well. I'm happy if I make anywhere between two hundred and fifty runs and five hundred, and generally that's going to be an average of somewhere between thirty up towards fifty. Mate, you and chuck if, in two not outs there. Yep. You're and laughing, that's, and that's the key. So. What will happen is, as a cricket player, you'll have four good days throughout throughout the season. And if you can make that day uh, 100 a hundred not day. out, yeah. or a eighty not out, or a six for yep, you're gonna turn your season around. So there's gonna come a time where you'll have to grind a little bit, and you want to slog a couple and get a quick fire fifty. Just pull it back and think, I'll finish the day off with the eighty not out. Get your average back up, and at the end of the year, everyone goes, "Geez, you've had a good year. You got three hundred and fifty runs." Yeah, it didn't start 42. well, but gee, you finished really, really good. So, point being, it doesn't matter when you make the runs. Yep, you will get them. Just expand so, your goals. That's Hodgie. His guide to can we call it resetting your goals? Yes, resetting goals. Um, my guide to um, adults watching Friday night cricket. Uh, we heard a terrible report during the week that uh, allegedly a teenage umpire was headbutted by a um, person at a junior game. Um, now, we you, you know, cannot condone that in any way or form. Um, a young umpire just doing, doing his job, putting back into the game. No umpires, there's no games, Bradley there. But also as a parent of Friday Night Cricket, very selfish from that that individual yeah. is, you know, parents like to to, to support the kids and, and and there's a lot more parents at games than when we were growing up. Yeah. Was there, we used to have a, a coach and a team manager, that was about it. Now there's 40 or 50 and, and some of the parents do like a little, you know, couple of beers or, or a little bit of champers. Um, obviously Friday night games, we don't encourage that Saturday morning games, no. do we? <laughs> no. no drinking Saturday morning <laughs> there. But um, 
my encouragement to parents or adults um, supporting the juniors, exactly do that. Sit back, enjoy the kids, get involved too. Score. Yes. Be square leg. Help everyone. Your parent, uh, The kids will appreciate your work. Um, but most of all, let the kids play. Be proactive. Yep. If you are- and support the umpires. They, they don't care about either team. They're just umpiring the best or they can. Or if not, take that role. If you if you want to be proactive yep. and, you're, and you're slightly abusive from the sideline, get involved, get active, get out there and instead of abusing See how you go with that first LB yep. shout. Offering, Was it with the pitch outside league? Yeah. Um, Offer him 20 bucks and say, thanks, mate. You go and sit down for a while and let's see how you go at it. Terrible story. Um, Come on. I hate that. Okay. Our poll question. I don't know if you saw it. I saw the highlights there. There's been another man-cad, this time in Pakistan domestic cricket. The scene was four runs to win, one wicket to get. Do your man-cad. One, yes, because the batsman's cheating. Two, warn the bat. Three, no, because I'm not that sort of guy. Bradley, what would you do? Um, well, I voted the second choice. Um, I thought warning was the uh, the way forward. Uh, I, look, I don't like this rule to begin with. Um, I, I watched the video. <laughs> it was pretty average, actually. Well, to be honest, there is difference. I think there is cheating, batsmen that do cheat. Yes. Um, but the couple of... Incident on that one, that was just a tail ender just drifting out of his crease. He was just drifting. He was a, it was a number 11. Um, he, was, he wasn't even backing up, so to speak. No. He wasn't trying to sneak. He had the bat in the wrong hand for a start. <laughs> um, look, I would have thought that was a warning. But, look, I've seen a couple of instances in cricket where it's been quite cagey. Where I know Corin Pollard a lot in 2020 stops his delivery and makes sure the guy's you know, in his crease. I don't think he that's, does it too much, Corin. I don't think that's Corin's job to do that. I think yep. that's the umpire to police that, whether he thinks it's, he's getting a slight advantage or not. Um, our good friend Les Dillon, our coach, once man catted his best friend. I know that in South yep. Australian cricket. Um, I think it was on the wedding day too. I'm not sure whether they continue. No, I their think he was pro pro man cad. Yes, yeah, he was pro. Uh, but interesting results. Um, so it ended up, uh, and thanks for voting. Oh, Early on, I voted, yes, it's cheating, and that was winning by a mile, but it did win, but only 44% of the votes. 32% was warn the batsman, yeah. and 24 no, I'm not that sort of guy. So it's, I, I thought it might have been a bit of a land, it might have been a yes. So just to clarify that, are they saying, yes, it's cheating, Man the batsman's cheating? Yes. Or it's cheating... The bats, the bowler. No, that was termed as in the batsman's mm. cheating, run him out. See, I think it's, I think it's bad because we promote the spirit of cricket. I'm not sure the man cat enters any form of spirit of cricket at all. Well, if you look back, do you know when it um, started? It was uh, 1946, 47 series. Oh. India, Australia versus India. Vinu Mancad, yep. um, who it was named after. What about his record? 44 tests, 2,100 runs at average of 31, then 162 wickets at 32. There, there's a gun number six yep. right there who's going to get you almost four wickets to the test. He was bowling. One of the uh, one of the, the nicest men you, you'll um, uh, ever meet. Billy Brown. Ah, Bill Brown. Um, great he's Bill one of the Brown, Invincibles yep. and, um, and, and a different story. that He was... Um, 
the the first Steve Waugh got him to present the, the caps for the first time. Billy, yeah, the late Bill Brown. to um, Adam Gilchrist and Scotty Muller, and he also come down to that famous Hobart Test with a few other invincibles. He was such a lovely man, but Billy was coming out of his crease, and and Vinu took up the bales, and and he was he was given out. That's great. And then the ACB officials at the time going, well, we're going to have to call this something, and wow. they were wondering whether. Um, the batsman was man-catted or the bowler browned him. Right. So, so they did. They felt like man-catting was better terminology. A better name. Yeah. Brown doesn't really sound good. And he was it? browned off. Oh, yeah. But that, that's where it started there. But he, it's hard because Vinu man-cat, you look at his stats there and had some amazing performances, but he, he would be known because the, the dismissal was... Named yeah. after him. Well, what I want to try and find that out. That ball you were trying to do, that could have been the bouncer. Hodge ball. Why couldn't it be the Hodge? Ball. Yeah, that's the future. I'm going, to try and, I'm going to try and work out a dismissal, how I can be known as that dismissal for the next decade. Okay, well, that's um, – so that was the poll question. So thanks a lot for voting there. And um, so that's it uh, for the Bowlology Report, Episode 7. Hey, we've been getting some good reviews on iTunes, mm. at SoundCloud. Uh, we doubled – I think we had six Swedish listeners – that's awesome. Two in Norway. So yep. Scandinavia, we are all over you. I think we need a tour there. Yep. Um, and let's let's look into the I'll look into their wanna, cricket history. This yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that for our for our listeners next next week. Um I'm gonna Should see, we finish with Bevo? Is Bevo? Yes, we certainly gotta finish with Bevo. I think that's the way to finish, but um we've got another caller here. Michael from Manly. Yes, guys. Have you got a question? Well, no, not really. I just thought I'd call in to let you know that that um, your podcast's not going that great, really. Well, well, in what way, Michael? Well, I don't know. It's just meant to be entertaining, I guess, and, you know, it's, it's a bit flat. You don't have a a sinister reason for ringing in here, do you? That's Michael Bevo. I know your voice, Bevo. <laughs> I know your voice, Bevo. Now, surely are you a little bit... Are you comfortable with us using your, your beautiful singing voice to fit? We're getting a lot of positives about it. Yes, yes, of course. That's what I do. Okay, scenario for you, Michael Bevan, Hodgy. So this is Bevo from this Manly, is... <laughs> not just some random Michael from Manly. It's Again. second call ever. <laughs> uh, Bevo, we were talking about you a couple of episodes ago, right? The Bowlology Report will own a T20 franchise at some time. You've put your hand up as a as a batting um, advisor for the Australian team. We want to employ you. Give me the three or four keys to batting in white ball cricket right now. This is a job interview, Bevo. Right now. It's a pu- public job interview. Yes, um, okay. pressure. All right. No worries. Um, look, I, I think it's important for, for batters, particularly um, in, in the shorter forms when they're under pressure or chasing runs and in that pressure cooker environment to be really clear on their plans. Um, yep, like it. When batsmen are, when batsmen are clear, they, you know, they tend to perform a lot better. And, um, so that's probably the first thing. Um, I think I can lend a hand and help sort of reduce risk for the batsmen and probably help increase their averages and <laughs> just get a bit of an understanding about when, when to play their shots. Um, and which shots to play. Um, so with yours, Bevo, with your fine career, where were your zones, hitting zones? Well, well, Flames, that would depend on which bowler was bowling, the type of wicket, where the fielders were, where 
where the match situation was and, of course, your strengths and weaknesses. And so what I tended to do was, at any one time, just have one four-shot based around what I thought was the best option at that time, given all those factors, and uh, really wait for that ball. And, of course, there are different situation scenarios in every one-day game. Well, can I throw a scenario at you, Michael? Say, and this, this might be one that would never happen, Say, New Year's Eve, um, playing a one-day in Sydney, you're facing Roger Hart, but you need a boundary to win. Where would be your hitting zones? Well, <laughs> I think everyone kind of knows the answer to that one. Um, but the reason the reason why I chose hitting it back over the bowler's head was because he was obviously going to fire it in. He was going to fire it in towards middle and leg really full. Um I had a look at the, the wicket was pretty flat with no turn, uh, so I could hit through the ball. Uh, the field placements were, you know, it was, it was pretty tight. The biggest gap was straight. Um, I was thinking about going over cover or leg side, but I didn't think those were those were the right uh, options at that point in time. So I ended up choosing um, choosing the, the straight shot based on the bowl of the wicket and the field placement. Yeah. So, Bevo, just one more thing on that. Is there any recipe that you can teach the listeners or the youngsters how you get yourself, how you can manipulate the score so you need a boundary off the last ball and then you look like a legend by doing it? Um, the that's Hollywood skill... ending. We're looking for Hollywood yes. endings, Bevo, in our franchise. So how you man... you could have won that game two overs prior to that, but you strategically, yeah. geniusly manipulated it just for the crowd that you need a boundary off the last ball and you, you and, do the job. And, and that's, that's why I kept getting picked in the one-day team because I kept it close <laughs> and kept the fans coming back. <laughs> <laughs> the people's man. Hey, Bevo, great to chat. I reckon he's almost got the job. Yeah, you, you do he's that. In. You meld his interview into the vision of Roger Harper going downtown. Yeah, Bevo's your man. He's a man. Is Bevo, he? I, don't, I know you're unprepared to this. You wouldn't be able to take us out, would you? Go, Michael Bevan, ladies and gentlemen. I've got you under my skin. <laughs> I got you deep in the heart of me. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bevan, Bradley Hodge, that's the Bowology Report. Thanks, Bevo. Thanks, guys. <laughs>